Welcome back to another week of the DP World Tour Picks and Bets. Skylar Hoke here, Tom Jacobs. It's great to see you. It's been a, a month off, pretty much, man. It's been uh, it's nice to see your face. Yeah, and Jules. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is nice to touch base again. It's been a while. Um, I can't work out if I'm incredibly excited for this event or dreading it. I think it's probably going to be our hardest. I'd say it's our hardest test yet, and that might even be over the the kind of two or three seasons we've been doing it. Like. I don't know how you go from a month off after already playing a sporadic schedule. Then you're playing in Japan where a lot of players have never played before. Um, I guess it's really difficult to handicap. Yeah, it's uh, probably as hard as it gets from a from a break standpoint and then a co-sanctioned event. I mean, realistically, when we go through our cards, right, a majority of our, our betting cards are actually going to end up being golfers coming from the Japan Golf Tour on this co-sanctioned side of things. And that happens, too, in South Africa when we do a sunshine event, right? We lean that way um, at times. But, yeah, it, and the other factor is those golfers have been playing. They've had two events in the last three weeks, right? So um, I, I think some lead-in form from that standpoint um, is valuable, too. So it's a uh, it's an interesting week. Obviously, you know, we're coming off of a Masters. We're coming off of a Matthew Fitzpatrick win uh, for the both of us at the Heritage, uh, which was nice. really yeah. to see um, and, and fun for the, the bankroll. So it's good, um, good vibes all around, I think. And, and the last show we did, Tom, we haven't talked since it, right? That was the, the Nick Bauckham W. Yes. Yeah, so only uh, positives, isn't it? Wow, that is a long time ago. I feel like we didn't get to victory. That was the one thing I remember distinctly from not following up that week was that we didn't get to victory lap Nick Backham for you. Like it, After a triple-digit winner, that, that pretty much sucks we didn't get to celebrate that. So we'll do a little clap here. Um, well done. And, um, yeah, no, let's keep it going. It, yeah, it's, it's extraordinary that it's been a month since then. Um, lots happened in that time as well. Interesting point you made about... Um, the fact they've been playing, right? I think I was very keen this week to not get caught in the Japanese players in Japan trap because of what happened when I did that in South Africa. But I think it's a completely different situation this time around because we're not doing it based on the fact that they're just, they play well in South Africa and Japanese people play well in Japan. I think we're doing it based on the fact that, like you said, they're match fit and they're not players that have been missing for, you know, because some of these players that are at the top of the market weren't even playing couple of weeks before the break either so they've had like a month off six weeks off and you know that's a that's a long time to not been playing goal so it's actually the match fitness and sharpness as opposed to uh just the location of the event as well yeah i mean rasmus hoygaard hasn't teed up since february 8th i believe <laughs> in, in a, a pro golf event right like it is i'm one rather disappointed that your baron olsen is playing with nikolai this yeah week. Um, i don't know why the, the twins aren't together uh, in that event's a little odd. Maybe Rasmus felt he needed to get going on the DP World Tour, or but I guess well, maybe is it is it like a Ryder Cup thing? Is it is it make more sense for him to play getting the European points than it does to get the World points? Like he realizes he's not going to qualify for the World points. Like maybe. Yeah, I, I was looking at that too because um, they only get right six spots. Yeah. All versus the US does the eight, right? So. Like, it really sucks for, like, Yannick. Yannick's sitting there in fourth on the world side, right? And, and, and Yannick, I mean, you basically have no shot, right? Because yeah. you can't get past those top three realistically without a really big year. I mean, you could be captain selections, but, I mean, a lot is to play out. It's just hard. It's very difficult to, to qualify um, in that realm when only six of the spots are available. So maybe that is the case. Um, I mean, Nikolai has picked up special temporary exemption. It, it's tough because, like, 
that's what we want to see, but it's it's really because Fox is going pretty close to it too, right? Fox pretty much just needs like yeah, another room. <laughs> and um, so we're losing, you know, guys left and right to the DP or to the PGA Tour, um, which I guess in in theory these co-sanctioned events might end up being even some of the stronger fields that we have. Like it's a decent field overall, I feel like. Yeah, and I think I kind of read a couple of things to sort of say that. You know, you want to play Europeans this week because they're a lot stronger than the Japanese guys. And I think that's a disservice to Japanese talent level. Like, I think there's a lot of really strong Japanese players. And I don't think you truly know how deep their fields are until you see them in action here. So how the, the triple digits perform, et cetera, in this week. Because, you know, we've seen it a couple of times now where, like, Nakajima's come over and played well on the PJ Tour. Uh, Kazuki Higa and, and Kawamura and people like that played well on the DP World Tour. Kanaya as well played well on the DP World Tour and the International Series, like just one over there. So um, it, their form really does translate, uh, these Japanese tour players. So I think maybe being overlooked slightly, um, was tempted to steer away from them because I think they're maybe slightly undervalued in the market, but there's just a couple I just couldn't avoid. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so I think overall, well, I mean, the only other, uh, and we'll, I'll bring it up with one of my selections late, um, the only other, I mean, the Zozo Championship has been, been played in Japan um, yeah. after, I think last year was the first time they were able to go back there um, to play it. The Olympics also, if anybody had um, some Olympic experience, that would have been one. Um, and I guess even in relation, right, we're, we're at a Jack Nicholas course, right, it's called the... Um, Ishikawa golf course, right? The PGM Ishikawa golf course, which also to factor in everything has been a course that has been seen the last two years by a good chunk of the Japanese golf tour um, players. So all of that accumulates kind of into our our decision-making for it. Yes. I agree with all that. Cool. All right. We'll jump right into the picks. And, and I mean, as early selections have come out, even as our, our betting cards, I do think there's some some similar similarities across the board in the kind of the way we're leading in, because um, the top of the leaderboard, Lucas Herbert is coming over. He was in that Zozo Championship. He shot a final round 63, but his other three rounds were terrible. Um, but uh, I'm always a sucker for Herbert, and he is basically the leader in the market. Uh, I guess not really, depending on where you are. Rasmus, I guess, would be it again. That's been three months, pretty much two months since he's played. Um, Bezayden, who coming off of a great Sunday. Bob McIntyre, 22s. Herbert, 22s. The lone Japanese golf tour player, sub 30 to 1, even sub 40 to 1, I think, in some spots, um, is your first selection for the week. Sub yeah. on Hoshino. Yeah, so Rikuya Hoshino is someone that not only has he finished first first and second on his golf course, but he's also finished sixth at the Razel Climate Championship when he came over to the DP World Tour. And I just think when you factor all of that in, the fact that he's been playing, as we said, he's had those reps that other people haven't, um, I think that's really important. So, you know, never finished outside the top two on this golf course. His average score here is 64.88 over those two starts. Um, as I said, sixth when he played in Razel Climate. He was a 54-hole leader last time he played. He finished second there, and he's a six-time winner in Japan since turning pro in 2017. So everything to me points to Rikuya Hishino playing incredibly well at home. And like I said, I thought it was really important that he played well on the DP World Tour before because we have seen it where the form doesn't always translate. But he is one that's shown it. A couple of other picks will be as well. Um, and I think that's you know that's the really important thing. We've seen him do it on two, two tours. Uh, he's come back to a golf course he absolutely loves. 
and uh, I expect him to go well again this week. Yeah, he would be definitely the pick of the litter for me um, from the top of the leaderboard. I still have a, a difficult time um, just landing there overall to short prices with so much uncertainty. You know, I like a good long shot. So, yeah. um, you know, me starting a card sub 30 most weeks isn't really happening all that time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that all collides into why you think he could do it here. Um, and multiple tour success, I think, is a is a big thing. Um, as we go down, I, I think there's almost like four or five golfers you, you could realistically lump together. I, I, I think um, for me, I'll, I'll loop three of them all together. I, I landed on two of them. But we're just overall discussing uh, each and every kind of year the new pick of the litter from the amateur who was probably the number one amateur in the world at some time, who had a ton of success, has popped over into some big time events, done well, now hit the, the winner's circle multiple times. And, and those three golfers are Taiga Samikawa, who won last week on the Japan Golf Tour for the third time already in his career. Um, Kita Nakajima, who is 50 to one. Um, and then Takumi Kanaya, who is 45 to one. Now, the funny thing in golf, um, sometimes is you almost don't even want the guys to, to win the the week before you bet them, right? Like Taiga coming in off a win one reduces his odds Two, I mean, no one touched Rom last week at, at Harper town, not saying that, that the Japan golf tour is the equivalent of always winning, uh, you know, the masters obviously, but it's a big breath of relief when you do have a W. So Samikawa is the lowest three on the odds board. I am landing with Takumi Kanai, who finally got over the line a couple weeks ago. Um, and he has been playing on the international series, which I mean, it's, it's a sad state of affairs in some ways that the DP world tour strength of field probably is similar to what the Asian tour is rolling out, especially when you get a Paul Casey popping over for an event like that or something. Um, but you know, he, he's back to back. Uh, I guess he won one of them in Oman. Then he was fourth in Vietnam, obviously as a ton of Japan golf tour experience. Um, you know, when he was just a, a prolific talent coming out winning, so was Nakajima. I think both of those guys in that mid tier are my starting points. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, Kanai is someone we talked about for an awful long time on this show, probably since the start of it. guy when he was, like, really young, get some spot starts. And Nakajima as well has, has been the one that's been playing on the PJ Tour. He was actually meant to be... This is one of the things I didn't particularly love about the, the Full Swing documentary on Netflix, is there was, like, so many players mentioned that they were going to be a part of it. And Nakajima was one of them, and he just never materialises. It all just kind of revolved around a PJ Championship, and I don't think he was there. So, um, but... You know, that that was a bit of a weird blow. But, yeah, he's, he's been playing really well. Played well on all the tours, as we said, is really important. Um, so, yeah, like Kanaya and Nakajima. And to break those Japanese players up, Sky, I've actually gone with Yannick Paul um, at 31 to 1. Because you mentioned him off the top. He's kind of in those kind of Ryder Cup standings. He probably won't get in without a pick. But the fact that he, he had two second-place finishes uh, coming into the break... And we we have no reason to believe that his form is lost. He just hasn't played. Um, not entirely sure how well he will adapt to to Japanese golf, but I have no reason to believe that he will struggle. Um, and I think this is this is going to be the true test of like how the Japanese players stack up against some of the best Europeans. I know we've obviously got Rasmus Hoygaard, we've got Robin McIntyre, etc. But 
like you said, like Hoygaard's had so long off, I, I couldn't touch him as a 14 to 1 favourite. Because Wiedenhout's coming back from America, Lucas Herbert, whatever he is, what he is at 20s, we like to play him at a slightly bigger number in, in deeper fields. And I just I just thought that for me, like Yannick Paul really does stick out uh, as one of the better options. So it's actually 35 to 1 now on DraftKings Sportsbook for Yannick Paul. Um, no reason why he can't better those two second place matches. Yeah. I 100% agree with you on being the the favorite of the the DP World Tour players price wise. I mean, I bet Herbert last week at Harbor Town at 250 to one, right? Yeah. So I mean, it is a very sharp decline of somebody who has not shown a ton of life recently, besides at the match play where he was very very good. Yeah. Uh, I think he's just somebody just like we we said with Kitayama that at bigger numbers you can back no matter yeah. anything. 22 to one. I would lean Yannick from what we had seen going into it. Yeah, so I didn't mean to skip over there. No, I, I think I think with Herbert as well, is like it doesn't take a lot. Even you get to like an Irish Open or whatever, like he's already won one of those, I think. But like you get to a Scottish Open, Irish Open, where there's a, you know, it, it might be a Roy McIlroy, Xander Schauffele, whatever in a field. He's automatically like 40 to 1 again. You think you you don't have to rush to the window to bet Lucas Herbert at 22, 25 to 1, whereas this is Yannick Paul's price basically every week. So if you like his form, um, I would go with it at the at the 28 or 35 to 1 now. Yeah, and, and I mean, we probably put a lot of stock into reps in tours, right? Like, yeah. it's a, we had this big discussion, obviously, with live golfers coming over to the Masters, and not to say, like, it was a win in the sense of what it was, but a lot of people were very impressed with what the live yeah. golf, the lack of golf they played. Yannick could be out there every single day. Grinding, yeah. Like I saw Pedro Figueredo was winning mini golf events, uh, mini tour events in Portugal during the break, right? Like these guys do get competitive reps, I'm sure. Um, but nothing that we can bank on and know, um, you know, against the best in the world. So I'm going to loop two golfers together here in the next range. One that I'm on, one that you're on, um, and think again in a similar. Now it's almost like a graduation of the young um star versus somebody who's got a little bit more experience under their belt uh, i guess he is still young i mean he's 27 years old right and you know i just think it's somebody who's shown a, a little bit more of a track record when it came to um japan golf tour success dp world tour success and i'll let you do a, a bigger sell job there i am landing on chan kim yeah. Kim, um, 33 years old, currently uh, playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. And when the Corn Ferry Tour events started, so he, he got through Q School, um, and when those events started, I mean, he was, him and Chris Goddard basically were like the standaway favorites, right? They were 18, 20 to 1 in those type of events. I, again, with, with the field strength of DP World Tour, I have a tough time thinking it's all that much different from a, from a Corn Ferry Tour. Event. No, it's all, no. And he has not taken on great to the Corn Ferry Tour, right? I mean, you're looking at miscut, miscut, and then finally makes a cut and, and rips off five in a row, four top 25 finishes in a row for him, which is, you know, the strongest sense of form that we have seen. But the guy was an absolute dominator on these type of uh, events, you know, for basically, what, 2018 through, I guess, 2017 through 2021, racking up five, six, eight, nine wins, if you include 22, right? Like, the guy can play. 
I think the the fear for me, and we haven't even really talked core setup, and I I don't think much having to, to factor it in, but it seems like accuracy may be a little bit more of a factor, and it's going to be a really low-scoring event. We're going to see mid-20s again, more than likely. He has had some very difficult wins, single-digit to par wins, so that's what I liked him in some of those maybe even majors when we've been interested in Chan Kim. Um, but I just think 50-1 to 1 is just the wrong price for what we know of him. Yeah, like talent level wise, is there there isn't really much you can say. Like he's 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 probably mispriced based on world ranking and talent alone, and then you've got to decide from there whether um, you think he can win or not. And I think you've you've pointed out the one negative is that we don't know necessarily that he goes to those deep numbers and, and how accurate he is. We we thought that's why he was going to be so good for the Corn Ferry Tour was that he'd be able to kind of spray it and hit big and things like that. Um, hasn't materialized. So why not give him another chance when he comes back to DP World Tour, Japan Tour, where he feels very, very comfortable um, and plays well. And and to go on to Higa, he's another one, right, that's got six wins uh, in Japan since 2019, which is, you know, pretty impressive. And again, I know these people, we, we kind of talk about people, the, the Japan's are not being quite as deep and how much does that mean? But I think they're still very competitive and a win's a win. And when they carry it over onto the DP World Tour, it's particularly eye-catching. And 11th and 4th in his last two starts for Kazuki Higa, he now returns to a golf course where he was 6th uh, last time he played here. And he was actually a 36-hole leader last year. Like, I don't really see a negative for Higa. I know he's obviously missed a couple of cups recently, but they're the Valero Texas Open and the Masters where you wouldn't necessarily expect him uh, to play well, right? So... And when we talk about um, Rikuya Hashino, he's beaten him twice in his six wins. So he actually, his first win ever was at the event they named after Augusta. And he won five, he won by five strokes, shot 26 under par. And his last win was against Mito Pereira at the Dunlop Phoenix. And he won by three strokes at 21 under par. So he's a deep scorer. He's had four, four of his six wins have been 20 under or better. Um, I just really like the way he's played since he's been on the DP World Tour and, I don't see any reason why he'd struggle on a golf course that he knows. Yeah. I think Ben, uh, our friend Ben Coley, brought up a good point that we would probably, some of these golfers that are getting opportunities on other tours, whether it be the Corn Ferry Tour, whether it be the PGA Tour, majors, you know, like they would likely be different prices if this event would have came right at the end of the Japan Golf Tour season. Yeah. Higa wouldn't be 50 to 1. We just no. haven't seen the consistency of, of form because he's been popping over. Um, all across the different tours right but when you on tour tips you filter by location all of these guys are like the top five guys pretty much when they're getting back and in their roots of playing um, on the courses they've been familiar with and playing on the japan golf tour so i do think it, it factors in um, a ton and even selections that may have not i mean yannick paul truly i i don't know if he has any experience in, in this part of the world right um I think he's I think he's played a couple of times, but I, don't, I just don't see it being a negative. But to your point, like we've picked four of the top six players in terms of Japan form. Yeah, like it's, sure. and, yeah. and like the next one, I, I think I love that. Um, I mean, this we work on a lot a lot of pronunciations overall, but I know I nailed this one. And it's Jazz Janawatanan. Like yeah. that that one we can say, and it's not the reason we're selecting him. But uh, Jazz has had. I mean, what the, the the summer of jazz was almost like three years ago. It was like that Beth Page. Um, yeah. Remember when he was like he was like the leader at the halfway point, wasn't he, of a major that yeah, year? Yeah, he was somewhere like that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, he was somebody we were we were constantly kind of rooting. And I wouldn't say that he has really changed or evolved all that much as a golfer 
um, from that stand. He just went on a run that he didn't come through, right? He he was primarily a PGA Tour player the following year. He had four wins in 2019. He had three wins the two years prior, and then he just got a run in 2020 of, of playing PGA Tour starts and never really came through. Um, it might have been special temporary exemption. Um, I'm not even 100% positive on that. But basically, it took him until the November of 2022 on the International Series of finally breaking back through in the winner's circle. And since then, he has had four other top 10 finishes, including a sixth, a sixth, and a fourth the last three times out for him, all of those being on the Asian Tour. But, I mean, if you look back, I mean, 2019, he was primarily on the Japan Golf Tour that year, and that was his biggest year. Um, so... Overall, I just still think the the town is immense. Um, any other selling points for you on Jenna Wathanon? Uh, he's 55 to 1 is the longest odds I got for him. Did, did you know that he took a brief sabbatical from golf at the age of 16 to do a monkhood? He was a monk, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And and he also turned pro at 15. I did not realize that. Okay. Yeah, two, 2010 he turned pro and he was born in 1995. Maybe he was 16, but like he, he was really young. But no, in his two start, last two starts on DP World Tour, he's finished 20th. Past three starts overall, sixth, sixth, and fourth. He was the 54-hole leader in Thailand at the International Series, and he was the 36-hole leader last week at Vietnam, where he shot a second-round 62. I believe he um, had a 62 three events ago, too, like those yeah. two 62s. Um, and, yeah. and that was the thing that caught my eye, right? Like he, We know he can shoot those low rounds. Like He's someone that we always kind of talk about, kind of first-round lead. And this is the problem with Jenna Watson. I think you made the very key point from the start is he's not that different from that golfer in 2019. And that's probably maybe a slight on the fact that he's not quite kicked on as we had expected him to. But the raw talent is there. He's 27 years of age. He's still got plenty ahead of him. He's now going to play, like you said, he's very, very comfortable in Japan in 2019. Beat Paul Casey to win the Singapore Open. Like, there's nothing really more positive that I can say about him. I just think he's 55 to one. We know he's great in the DP World Tour. He's had two 20th place finishes his last two starts, and he's just absolutely tearing up these international series events and Asian Tour events. So those 62s in recent weeks suggest he should be great for this golf course. Yeah, and I really think those Asian Tour events are as good of what you could ask for. Um, yeah. National type of events right now. Um, so I, I mean I. Not to say I was hard pressed to find long shots because that is not, you know, it's <laughs> not something you struggle with. No. Really and say ever, but I really think a lot of, of betting cards could live in, in this range, right? Like you, you could, uh, you could have been on on Semikawa. You you could have been, you know, just right here, just filtering more and more. Now, um, you also run into kind of the the mid tier or maybe even the, the guys that have been forty to one and shorter on the DP World Tour for that stretch of run um, too, right? Snyder, Arnas. You know, Arnas has the double angle of, of narrative this week. He has the ROM connection. He was so excited with the, the Spanish golfer winning. And then Sam Bennett because Arnas went to Texas A&M. So he was very excited from the Masters. So if you want a little uh, narrative street, Arnas has both of those going um, but I, I get deep into, I have a trip, two triple digits, uh, selections. Is there anybody else you'd want to hit on before I go into those two? So there, there was a couple of like Aguri Iwasaki and Shugo Imahira, both 110 to one, two Japanese golfers that have got form and, and playing very well. Um, other than that, I, I didn't think there was really too much for me. 
Um, Aaron Cockerell seems to pop up in these kind of events every now and then uh, when, when you least expect it. And, you know, I was very surprised that your your Italian friend wasn't in the list at 110 to 1, but um, probably Camp's for a reason. It's so bad, man. It's like you filter on recent form. I mean, he is in the bottom half. I guess, like, I'm probably going to put, you know, $10 on Guido just because, like, <laughs> that's the way, way it rolls because I, I have to. But um, official selections. Yeah, like he doesn't yeah. he doesn't deserve it, right? Like there would be a legitimate issue with you if you were picking him at the moment, um, versus what you've been doing in the past. But, but they finally priced him probably correct. I was getting yeah. I was betting at like forties. You know, I am the one that had the problem. Yeah, yeah. But like so, I, you just wonder what's happened after a month's reset. Like like you said, we don't know what's been happening. He could have had the best month of his life practicing. Like you just have no idea. So um <laughs> would it surprise me if Guido Migliozzi then shot seven under on Thursday? Probably not, but uh, for our sakes, unless you do put that ten dollars on, and him. I really, I don't like him in these type of events. I'd rather have it be difficult and like, you know, show me a little life, and I'm, I'm fully back. Absolutely. Um, yeah, okay. round us off. Yep. So we'll go into two here for me. One at 125 to one, um, and that is Sang Juan Park. So Park, um, he's 39 years old. He's a little bit older than kind of the crop we've been selecting. Um, and he primarily also has been playing these Asian tour events. So, I mean, you get into these international events where he went eighth and sixth Qatar in Thailand. Um, and then he also was playing, I mean, this is the, the, I guess, ability to jump different tours. He plays on the Korea tour uh, as well, where he finished second just this past week. Um, so he's had some really top finishes. Um, you know, he had a second also, um, on the japan tour in september he had a fourth in november so overall he played the cj cup he finished 49th nothing spectacular but if you kind of zoom out a little bit more on his career which primarily was in um you know 19 18 17 even kind of in that stretch he was playing on the japan golf tour three wins in 2018 a win in 2019. I think you could argue that 2019 probably was his best year. He finished 16th in the Open Championship that Shane Lowry won. That was something I had zero idea um, that, you know, a top 20 in a major at 35 years old, like very, very um, impressive kind of shot out of the dark there. Um, And so just enough in that career where I am not totally familiar, but good recent form, um, I believe has played the course, nothing too um, kind of high finishing wise, but a hundred to one for that golfer um, with that profile. Yeah. His, his experience here was back in 16 and 15 on this golf course. He's been played the last two times around, but I just find three top tens in his last four events to be pretty promising uh, for somebody of a little bit of a pedigree at a hundred to one. So that is the first selection of the long shots there for me. And then we saw a 270 to one um, on Makumu Horikawa. So Horikawa, um, we have just a little bit kind of a data on when we look into this again, we're not really getting strokes gain statistics from any of these type of events, right? We're just pretty much piecemealing together maybe by um, some profiles or maybe by some general statistics. Somebody who's kind of been a little bit more accurate um, than his distance. But what we see out of his form was a stretch at the end of 2022 of 11th victory, 6th, 8th, 8th. And then two times out ago, he was 5th um, on the Japan Golf Tour. Again, one of those golfers where he's popped over to, uh, I think he played an Australian event. 
played uh, in um, the international series a couple times with not as much success. But the, the one thing that also stood out to me, played the Zozo Championship um, at the end of 2022, the one that Keegan Bradley won, and he finished inside the top 20 of that event, but was very, very intriguing on my end as he closed with 66-65, which would have been uh, basically top four on the weekend, only behind, I guess, third on the weekend, only behind Grio and, and Figala. Um, if you look who also finished top 20 kind of in that event, Nakajima was there. Histatoon, who was somebody we haven't chatted yet, uh, who's you know much higher up on the odds boards. It just didn't reflect to me that 270 to 1 for that golfer who, I mean, he was as good as anybody uh, in those early events uh, last fall um, and is, has been a winner, right? He has four wins to his name in the last four years. So I think a 270 to 1 is kind of a steal. Yeah, not to be confused with Morikawa is Horikawa, but his last two two starts go his fifth, right? And you know this is this is form that we think will translate. So there, there's no reason to to overlook that. Like he said, when he's been on the PJ, it's always great. And he's played four times here. Uh, last three times out, he was improving every time. So he was 32nd uh, his first event last year, then 11th the year before at this event. Um, you know, we we mentioned um, kind of if you look at the other golfer who's got Corn Ferry Tour. Um, status right now it's playing that we haven't talked about is Katsuragawa. Um, he won at this event in the fall uh, when he ousted uh, Hoshino. So he's another one that you're getting almost triple digits on that might have a, a little bit more of profiles, but I, I just like the form uh, of Park kind of in that range and then even the price of yeah, so I looked at Park, and, and the only reason I kind of didn't go there in the end was a little bit, one, maybe his age and just the fact that he's probably peaked at this point, but also the fact that when you looked at his kind of wins and, and his start of play, it seems to be the tougher events, a little bit like you said about one of the other players earlier on, that maybe he just doesn't go, doesn't quite go deep enough. So I've kind of tried to rein it in a bit, uh, but that was the only negative I found on him. Yep, yep, totally understand. All right, let's, uh, let's close it out here. Let's run through the betting cards. Also, make sure if you are an audio listener, if you're – listening to us in your commutes we appreciate you please like and subscribe you can find us at daily fantasy sports picks and bets the mix uh mayo media network we appreciate all the support the love it's great to have you guys back i had a lot of tweets during the break like can't wait for the dp world tour to get back going uh because as much as the designated events are awesome to see the best in the world you know we've had we've had a good year so far i think of the dp world tour tom i would say um you know good really good 2022 2023 um season overall and it's kind of fun to to throw these darts out there um where you can kind of get some angles in so uh with that if you want to review one more time for your betting card for us yeah uh so it's rikoya hashino at 25 to 1 i promise to get his name right by the end of the week uh yannick paul at 35 to 1 kazuki higa at 50 to 1 and judge jenna watanond at 55 to 1 for me I am on Takumi Kanaya, 45 to 1. Kita Nakajima, 50 to 1. Chan Kim, 50 to 1. Jazz Janawatanan with you at 55 to 1. Sanghwan Park, 125 to 1. And Makumu Horikawa, 270 to 1. Tom, we got a little bit more of a stretch here, um, right? We got uh, Japan this week. We're going to go over to Korea next week. And then we're headed to uh, Marco Simone, which is the Ryder Cup. Uh, venue so a much better stretch as we go into the the pga championship um this year so it's great to see you again let's uh let's start back with another winner how about that yeah i mean what is it we're going for the fourth win of the season so far i think or the calendar year so far so we had perez Ollison, bradbury as well so yeah so bradbury 
Ollison, Perez, and and Mac Beckham. So yeah, been a good run. A good year. It's been a it's been a good year for sure. So let's keep that running. Best of luck, everybody. Uh, we'll catch you out next week. Yep. Thanks, guys.